as much as I wish I could be a full-time podcaster and writer, it just doesn't always work out that way. By day, I work in the world of real estate, and oftentimes I travel. More recently, I found myself avoiding major highways here in the California area and taking the scenic routes. It at times takes a little longer, but uh, the peace and calmness is worth the the extra time. In the last few months, I've been traveling from Central California to the North Bay region of California and almost always avoiding (laughs) the infamous Altamont Pass, which is literally a traffic nightmare daily. In my search for an alternative route, I'd find myself driving through a quaint California town called Byron. And of course, I found one of the most unexplained gems, and I just had to share it with you all. Hey, don't miss this turn on the right. We're in the car, if you can't tell. (laughs) And, of course, I'm with co-host and producer Eddie V on this epic journey. It most certainly is one of the most epic journeys. We're in the air-conditioned car, thankfully, on one of the hottest days here in the Central Valley. (laughs) It's not that bad outside. Okay, a little. Um, it's almost dusk and we are headed to Byron, California to check out the old Byron Hot Springs Hotel. The small town of Byron was part of a land grant that Jose Noriega received in 1835 from the King of Spain. Holy shit. Yeah, Don Jose Noriega was a Spanish-born California ranchero and politician. He was also alcalde of San Jose and was a prominent landowner in the Bay Area. He then sold 17,000 acres to a pioneer named John Marsh for what is now known as $500, equivalent to three U.S. cents per acre. Later in 1841, the earliest Anglo settlers from the East arrived They would settle at John Marsh's ranch. The town of Byron went on to grow and their first post office opened in 1878. By 1889, a man by the name of Lewis Mead would develop a hotel that was built around 57 hot springs. This hotel was named Byron Hot Springs Hotel. You arrived. (laughs) Time to stretch. It's not that far of a drive, but it feels like it. Yeah, it's so quiet and peaceful out here. Yeah, I love it. The resort-style hotel would attract movie stars, famous athletes, and the upper class as they were attracted to the health benefits of the Sulphur Springs. The three-story wood building had a laundry facility, gas plant, an ice plant, and a few cottages scattered on its property. The upper class and famous would come from all over to enjoy the resort, 
close access to the hot sulfur springs and natural mineral waters. Sulfur itself is said to assist in healing skin irritations and infections, as well as help arthritic pain and menopause symptoms, and even digestive disorders. It was no secret that the Glitterati loved this resort. The hotel and resort had visits from Joe DiMaggio, Charlie Chaplin, Fatty Arbuckle, Mae West, Jack London, Clark Gable, and Alice Day. That is so amazing. We are standing in the same area that the elite passed through. For sure. On July 25th, 1901, the hotel was destroyed in a fire, but a second hotel was built by 1902. This time, the structure utilized stucco rather than just wood. The hotel seemed to be thriving by late 1902, but the town of Byron would grieve a large tragedy and victims would take solace in the hotel. On December 20th, 1902, a passenger train known as the Owl was traveling from Oakland, California to Los Angeles, California with passengers. At one point, the steam from the flue of the train dripped into the firebox of the engine. The fire is what kept the train moving forward. This caused the owl to stop. It was halted on the tracks. Unfortunately, there was another train coming from behind and it would reach them within 30 minutes. They needed to alert the train coming to stop. The coming train was known as the Flyer. It was from Stockton, California. Two brakemen from the Owl walked up the tracks with red lanterns to alert the flyer to slow down or halt. The engineer of the flyer saw the lights of the owl, but didn't see the brakemen with their red lanterns. He assumed the train was halted, but uh, that it might have been on a different track, separated. The flyer rammed the owl at full speed killing 11 people almost instantly and injuring more than a dozen more. Eight of the injured were taken alive to the Byron Hotel. The staff had created a makeshift medical ward and the Hot Springs Hotel had a prominent doctor named Dr. Bird who cared for the wounded. Though one of the injured, a 22-year-old man named Clarence Olufs died in the hotel office only a half an hour after the train wreck. He was a student at UC Berkeley on his way home to Fresno to see his mother. His last words, poor mama, I was just going home to see her. Residents of the small town gathered at the scene of this disaster while others headed to Byron Hotel to help with the injured. What a horrific story. This area is pretty creepy. I wouldn't doubt that we aren't here alone, if you know what I mean, or believe in such things. 
Yeah, <laughs> fully agree. There must be something left here, spirits or something. Um, maybe the ghost stories are real. Obviously, the hotel continued to persevere after this accident. Many would say the hotel was haunted and would share sightings of a ghostly child running through the hotel. And some would say they saw a man in white rags wandering around. Though there are only a few actual reported deaths on the actual property of the hotel. One being Lewis Mead's wife. She apparently passed in a private residence on the hotel property Blanche Mead, she passed from a stroke on the day after Christmas in 1905. Wealthy businessman Albert G. McElroy of Philadelphia died as well at the Hot Springs in July of 1906. And a San Francisco port inspector, P.C. Hines, died of a stroke. Foul play was not suspected in any of these deaths. Other than that, nothing else has ever been reported or confirmed. But once again, the hotel burned down July 18th of 1912. I have to wonder if the conditions were much like they are now in this area. This area of Central California is known to be dry and prone to fire in the summer months. Yeah, good point. Uh, Very dry out here. Both fires occurred in July, which is definitely our fire season in Central California. A third and final hotel was built in 1913, and this time it was a four-story brick structure. It is said that there was a fire during this time in the elevator, um, but the structure survived, and I haven't actually confirmed that. In 1938, the hotel and resort closed. Lewis's second wife, May, was running the hotel, as he had passed, and World War II would begin. And a series of lawsuits pushed the hotel to its end. In 1941, the government leased the building and utilized it as a military interrogation camp. It housed German and Japanese prisoners of war and was called... Camp Tracy. By 1945, this camp was ordered to shut down and the Byron Hot Springs Hotel was placed for sale. It was purchased by the Greek Orthodox Church for $105,000 and became a monastery for many years. Since then, it's been sold many times, vandalized and heavily protected by the residents that surround it. If you aren't careful, they may chase you away, heavily armed. I don't blame them. The graffiti on this structure is outrageous. It's a historical site, and the disrespect that we see is just completely ridiculous. Yeah, it's a beautiful location, but sad to see that the structure looks the way it does now. Listeners, we discourage you from entering this private property. We are a significant distance away looking just viewing the surroundings. Please don't disturb this land. As of 2021, a developer has purchased the land and is planning a restoration of Byron Hot Springs Hotel and Resort. 
I guess it's also been used uh, various times for media projects. I think you know which ones. Bay Area rap artist Mars used it as a set for a commercial for his Zodiac tour. An interview with the Insane Clown Posse was done here. <laughs> and the DJ for the Insane Clown Posse shot parts of his music video here. Oh, I wonder if that is what attracted so much of the vandalism and graffiti. So, it's just so sad to pay our respects and leave this one to the realms of the unexplained. There's a cute cafe here in Byron. You're buying dinner, right? If you're new, you can visit us at unexplainedrealms.com, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. And don't forget to smash those like, subscribe, and follow buttons. And don't forget to hit the show notifications button on Spotify so you can get reminders when we drop a new episode. Don't forget to click on our sponsors' links when visiting unexplainedrealms.com with a variety of brands and products to choose from and the most exclusive deals just for you. This podcast is supported by V Media Studios.